0: What is the best thing that you can do for your kids? Well, I've got Daniel Duvall here to help us clear that up on episode 82 of No Boring Stories. Let's get into it. Welcome to the No Boring Stories Podcast. You know that you can use storytelling to captivate your audience, clarify your message, and grow your business and impact like never before. That's why I'm here, each episode bringing you transformative stories, expert storytellers, and my signature storytelling tools, all to help you tell a better story. Because there's no such thing as boring stories, just boring storytellers. I'm your host, Alex Street, and I saved a bunch of my old toys from my childhood for my kids to play with, and they mostly rejected them. It's heartbreaking, really. Today on the show, we've got a parent coach. To- walk us through and talk all about what it means to be a parent today. Daniel Duvall is first and foremost a husband and a father of two young sons. He works now as a certified parent life coach running mindful size life coaching, helping parents build balance in their personal work and family lives. Daniel, you can tell, just loves being a parent. So right away, we just have a good conversation. I get into it and start to ask him all about you know, what tips and tricks he's got. And then we go into his story and we talk about what it means to raise uh, healthy kids today. And ultimately, I'm gonna let the secret out of the bag. It starts with being healthy adults. Like when you're healthy, you can start to make healthy people. Imagine that. So this is all about authenticity. You're gonna love this episode if you are a parent and you know, whether you've got struggles, in that role or you think everything's peachy keen this is going to be a wide open honest open vulnerable conversation the kind that you really start to enjoy as a parent hearing authentic conversations about parenting the ins and outs the ups and downs daniel brings it all i hope you enjoy this conversation with daniel duvall this is daniel duvall daniel how you doing
1: fantastic thanks yeah i'm excited just to have the conversation and see where it goes
0: (laughs) yeah this is so good i uh i am also excited it's kind of just an open book right here all i know is that i've got a parent coach here on the other end i love being a parent Mm -hmm. it is my number one thing it's the thing that drives me it's my main identity it's it's where i find all my joy and, uh, to have somebody on the other end to just talk that through, this might just be a coaching session for me. That, that <laughs> might just be where we go here. Right. <laughs> uh, also you can hear my voice. I'm a little scratchy, a little hoarse because of all the gifts that our kids give us, you know, they, they give us so many things. They give us weird little art projects. Uh-huh. They give us, uh, hugs and snuggles. They give us good memories they also give us all the sicknesses that they bring home from that cesspool that we call school. Is that right?
1: <laughs> yeah. I was going to say germs. you experienced germs. this recently? Yeah. I'm like germs, boogers, you know, no, no boundaries. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What, what a beautiful thing. I know.
1: Right. Yeah. Have kids.
0: Like we just that. take it all. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so let's start here. You, uh, you're a father of two, two sons. Yep. Yes. Yep. I mean, what do you love about it?
1: Honestly, I love everything about it. Yeah. It's, it's so humbling in so many ways to be a parent. Like, and I've actually I tried to tell people this all the time. I'm like, I think I've learned more from my kids than they've learned from me. Like, it's mm-hmm. allowed me to kind of reflect back on my life and the way I grew up and Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what kind of relationship I want with my kids going forward. What I want for them more than anything is to just be themselves. And so I'm trying to find ways to allow them to do that by getting myself out of the way. If that makes sense. Like
0: it's such a, it's such a weird concept because you're, Kids are young, right? Like under 10. Four and a half right? and or, two and a half, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So to this idea of like be themselves when, when they don't know, and this is, I'm, you know, my kids are 15, 12, and nine, so it's not mm. like they're mature and grown up, but there's a little bit higher up on the, yeah. on the schedule anyways. And this idea of like just be yourself when how do they figure that out without someone helping them say like, hey, yeah, that seems like who you like, this is who you are. This is right. This is like, it's character development. Let's talk about storytelling. It's, yeah. it's the character growing. But how, in your mind, how are they discovering like, or how are you discovering who they actually are so that you can guide them towards that, help them become yeah. that even more?
1: I found that so much of it's observation, curiosity, kind of letting them be the guide and me not funneling them. Yeah. You know, I, my wife and I are huge sports fans. Yeah. I played division one volleyball. My wife played division one soccer, like big sports people. Our older son is really not interested.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. we,
1: we tried organize soccer. It was major fail. Um. <laughs> We did that with my
0: son as well. Oh my God, it was (laughs) was a nightmare.
1: Um, But then we... It was
0: just sitting on the ground, picking the bits off the ground. And like, I was like, don't eat the rubber. Oh, no, (laughs) he just cried the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, there you go.
1: Um, But then like, we I love watching tennis. And so I was watching tennis the other day and he looked at me and he was like, I think I want to do tennis lessons. And I was like, okay, like, let's Mm -hmm. see how that goes. But it's, you know, it's not me being like, Okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. It's kind of like
0: right what, right. what are you
1: interested in? And like he's super interested in arts. Like yeah. He could color and craft all day. And so right. it's okay, this is what he wants to do. Let's explore it. Let's get him craft yeah. supplies. Let's see if he likes this and that, like but it's letting him Such an
0: through. effort of of listening in that, right?
1: And that, and that's the thing that I I've found is a lot of parents don't listen to their kids. Like Mm. really listen to them, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they, they know who they are. And that's the thing I admire about toddlers is like, they're so unapologetically themselves because they don't know any better. You know, they don't, they're not worrying about their past mistakes. They're not worried about the future. They're just in the moment. They're them. They're doing the things that bring them joy, you know, and that's, that's something that I've learned just yeah. be present with them because like that's where the joy is that's where the happiness is is being present mm-hmm. and so it is a lot of it's exploring with them
0: i'm so excited to get into like where this why this matters for you like where this comes from what your story is but i i think you know to go to the advice column here for a second yeah. how do you if if it's just listening and it's letting those kids kind of be themselves happens like how do you measure How do you and your wife even measure like, okay, it's time to step in and guide a little bit, you know, because a Mm -hmm. four year old, a two and a half year old can only guide (sighs) themselves so far before it, you know, I go to the dangerous part, but it's rarely actually dangerous. It's just, it's just out of our comfort zone Mm -hmm. as parents. So how, how do you measure that and monitor that and, and, you know, kind of keep them it's bumper bowling. Yeah, <laughs> I think of like you put up the things that like, they can't go in the gutters, but at least they have a lane to go on. Is, is that kind of how you see it? And how? What are some of your kind of focus or tips to 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 guide that? Well,
1: that's a good question, and it's um, I've actually been doing a lot of thought on it recently, and it's kind of like mm-hmm. what are the what are the areas that I don't need to control? You know, and I feel yeah. like that's a thing yeah. with with a lot of people is like a control thing. Like, Oh, I need to control how they're doing this or what they're doing. And it's like, what are the things that you can relinquish control of that Mm. will give you more freedom as well as your kid, like playing. I don't need to control the order in which they play their things or how they play them or where they play. I don't need to control that. They can decide that, you know, within reason, like I don't want you playing in like the shower When we're not around because god knows what you could do but like if you want to go up and play in your room or play in the basement or play outside yeah i don't need to control that uh yeah is or
0: even what they i find i like even what they do with certain you can think of like certain toys right Mm -hmm. so like a car is supposed to be a car but when they turn the car into uh i don't know a, a spaceship it's this, no, no, that's, that's a car that, that goes, that drives on the ground mm-hmm. or something like that. And it's, is that the kind of thing that you mean? Like, just, just let go of that. Like, let them make it a spaceship. If it's mm-hmm. supposed to fly, then if it's, if in their mind it's flying, then it flies, let it go.
1: What well, it is it's like letting them take the lead. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I do, I feel like that's a huge thing. Like relinquish the control. You, you don't mm-hmm. need to have it all the time, even with food here's your food. I don't need to tell you which order to eat it in or like how to eat it. Don't do that. You're going to make it like, I don't need to worry about all that right. stuff. Like kids right. are naturally messy. They, they don't feel like, yeah. you know, as an adult, I don't want to eat something and like have it on my face. It just like bothers me. But like my kids don't care. They like, yeah, they just don't care. So like, why did yeah. it, why does it bother me that they have stuff on their face? It doesn't bother them.
0: Yeah. And it is it is interesting because then we get to this stage. I mean, you know, again, with my ages, and and dinner is less about. I mean, it, there's there, it's less about. Oh, don't get that on your forehead. And the 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 eating conversation it's a bit more about. I guess you should have manners, right? Like, I guess you should. Not put your knee up at the table or your foot on the table. I guess that's a thing that we should like start to to talk about because at some point we'll end up eating in public again or eating at a friend's house. That might not be what they do there. Yeah. So it's it's like this weird again management of like what we're okay with and like ah yeah, loose boundaries and also we're launching one of my favorite authors, Rob Bell, talks about parenting as launching rockets. And it's like, mm-hmm. you just kind of prepare the rocket for when they go out and the, whoo, they yeah. launch. They're going to to the world, yeah. into the universe. And so to think about, like, we can do whatever we want to do here, but if we've done a crappy job building the rocket, mm-hmm. <laughs> then when they go in the universe, they're not going to... It's not going to go very oh, far. Yeah. So it's it's kind of this balance of, like, again, relinquish control. And also this is your job to to form mm-hmm. this human in some way so how do you see that formation coming in after you relinquish the control how does that formation of the character of the human of the person yeah come in
1: no and I, I totally agree with that too it's um at the end of the day my only real goal for my kids is for my kids to be good people yeah you know I don't I don't really care how Love it. how smart they are how and again like the word success I don't yeah. is a weird one too, because I'm like, what is success? It means so many different things mm-hmm. to so many different people, but like, I want my kids to be good people. So I feel like a lot of what I'm doing is like teaching them like thoughtfulness, emotional intelligence, like, yeah. you know, yeah. these things to like be a good person. Cause like mm-hmm. what you were just saying about like etiquette I've found is so interesting too, because we, we go into so many social situations with expectations about how things are supposed to go in my house proper etiquette could look one way and it looks completely different in yours. So for me to enter into a space being like, Oh my God, you're being so impolite and rude when like maybe in your household, that was normal. Mm -hmm. How can I judge something that I wasn't a part of? Uh, Yeah, And that's where like trying to get my kids to be like, just be kind, you know? Like in that situation, if you go to somebody's house, then they don't want your knee up and they say like, Hey, we don't put our knees up. You'd be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that. Like,
0: Right, right. That's the kindness aspect. It's not about a a physical change. Just recognizing that this is what they want and and you're in their space. And so let's be kind about it.
1: Yeah. And so like with our boys, we uh, are like go to question when they're feeling their emotions is like, what do you need in this situation right now? What is it that you need, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're feeling something what is it yeah what do you need now because every emotion is telling you about some underlying need that you have and so like my older son his love language is physical touch for sure and Mm -hmm. so like when he gets upset i'm like what do you need it's always a hug can i sit with you like and that's what he needs because he knows that like he needs that injection of love to feel better you know, and that's
0: how often do you find that they, they don't know the answer
1: a lot, especially yeah. the four year old? Yeah, because he's I think he's starting to realize that there are more emotions than happy, fat uh-huh. and angry. <laughs> <laughs> and he and he's a he is a very smart kid. Like we his memory for books is insane. So like he yeah. has a very wide variety of like vocabulary that I find most four year olds don't have. Mm hmm but like for him to actually- he's
0: like I'm exceptional father actually thank you well, I'd love it a- the other
1: day I said something he was like that's preposterous and I was like, yes what <laughs> like, when he was like two and a half he was like walking down the hall and he looked at me and he's like I'm gonna go jaunt to the bathroom and I was like <laughs> jaunt <laughs>
0: okay okay trim your mustache while you're there right please. <laughs> yeah but I'm like don't forget your monocle <laughs>
1: right yeah but it is it's you know, teaching, especially boys, like teaching them emotional intelligence. Yeah. Yes. Is a goal of mine. I want, I literally like, I just want you to grow up to be a good person. Like, so that means that you have to be in touch with your emotions.
0: <laughs> it's uh, Your son sounds so much, your oldest sounds so, so much like my son. Um, and, and we, we tried so hard. Right around, I guess it was six years old. We started to, uh, there was a lot of kind of, frustration with him getting angry and like over the top and explosive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we, and it was a lot of, no, stop, no, stop. Like from us, it was yeah. just frustration. It was just, I just want to control this. And something shifted then when we started to tell him who he was mm-hmm. instead of who he wasn't. And, and instead of saying, no, stop, that's like, ah, calm down. Mm-hmm. We started to tell him like constantly, this is who you are. You are tender and caring. Mm-hmm. And then we've added words to it over the years. And he's got like eight words now that if I said, hey, who are you? He could just tell you this stretch of words that he is that describes him. I love that. And it starts with tender and caring. And you think of how many boys out there right now at 12 years old would identify themselves first as tender and caring. Mm -hmm. And that's who I was as a kid for sure. I think my mom affirmed it in me. And, uh, you know, (laughs) she just. She gave me dolls to play with. I don't know what that Mm -hmm. is, what that says, but like we, we get it. And, and it became, I'm a fatherly figure. What did I want when I was a teenager to become a father? What happened when I was 21, I became a father and it's my favorite thing. Like, this is the way that it's the path. And, and I think what you're saying there about helping emotional intelligence also goes along with, don't push those things down. Don't put, Mm -hmm. push those gentle, soft emotions to the side. Yeah. But how can you elevate them? How can you actually encourage them Mm -hmm. in your kids? You see that a lot?
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's huge too. And it's a lot of it's gender norms. um, Yeah. You know, kind of goes into that. And it's, um, you have like, when you were talking about anger, you know, everyone experiences anger. um, And it's unfortunate because I feel like that's something that we, even as adults, we're never really taught how to deal with. And so if you think about like, on there's like an anger ladder and the bottom of the ladder is passive aggressiveness. Mm -hmm. That's like the language of most adults. When they, Mm -hmm. when they feel anger, (laughs) they don't know how to deal with it. So they're passive aggressive, but that's the lowest level of dealing with anger. And so it's like teaching like my older son right now, like you're angry. That's okay. It is okay to be angry. Why are you angry? You know, right. what's happening that's making you feel this way and what can we do to kind of alleviate that because you're going to feel it mm-hmm. so like the other day he was upset because my younger son like broke one of the toys he was playing with and so it was interesting because we've been working on him like do not retaliate mm-hmm. the physical stuff is not okay so he, yep. he literally like clenched his fist and was like oh like looking at my son <laughs> and when he was done it was like i'm so proud of you 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 had that anger in you and you didn't lash out. Yeah. You, you controlled yourself. You dealt with, it. Yeah, you know, it doesn't make it any less hurtful, but you're at least taking those steps towards mm-hmm. dealing with it better.
0: Yeah. And it's not, it's saying feel the feeling, mm-hmm. yeah. but we don't throw things. Uh, we don't hit people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's that it's, it's the actions after that. It's the same as like, you can feel love you can feel something but it doesn't mean that you you go up and, and hug every stranger right. or every, it's there's take an action uh, yeah. just withhold the action this is amazing so so okay la- last last question before we move into to your journey yeah, yeah. you know what's your favorite story to read to or or tell your kid i don't know do you make up stories or do you, do you go to storybooks we do uh, a lot of books. typically we have yeah
1: i i love reading and i love books yes yeah. Cool to see my both my boys love books and reading. Like they will yeah. sit and flip through books for like a half an hour by themselves. Yep. Brilliant. Um, but love books. We have like five hundred plus kids' books in our house. Yeah, it's it's unreal.
0: <laughs> the donation center near you is going to just explode in six years. Yeah. Uh, what uh, what's what's one of your favorites? Your go tos. If they're like, all right, you choose tonight, Dad. Then what's what's the one that you're p- picking off the shelf?
1: We have a book called One Big Heart. Okay. That I love. I don't know this. It's basically just about like, there we are so much more alike than different. And the biggest thing that we have in common is our heart. And mm-hmm. we all have one big heart that we should be using to make things better. That's okay. So I'm very big on diversity mm-hmm. of thought, of book, like everything. So like, mm-hmm. I look for books, per- like specifically that have a diversity of characters shown, family yeah. built, like makeups so that the boys are seen. Like what we have right now is not the only mm-hmm. case. Mm-hmm. And so, like this book has people of color in it as main characters. Mm-hmm. Like one of my favorite parts of it, which I is so subtle, is a white kid was bullying the black kid, mm-hmm. which I feel like you see so often the opposite in books. And so, like right. that for me was like, oh, this is this is good because it's showing him yeah. in a subtle way that like, yeah, you know, things aren't always what they seem.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, I love it. It's one big heart. Yeah. And if you are, are you getting into chapter books or anything? Yeah, we are. Um, like, are you reading through?
1: We uh, am such a loser. I um, <laughs> I used to be a teacher. And so with my scholastic points, I saw that there was this, like, trilogy of, like, early chapter books called Dragon Masters. Yeah, and I love. I've
0: seen those. Yeah, and
1: I love science fiction. So it's basically like these kids get these dragon stones, and they can connect with one dragon, and they use them to like protect people. And so I got this trilogy, and I'm like, my son was all into it, and we were finishing the third book, and I it just like ended, and I was like, what the hell? Like, this cannot be the end. Like that's so weird. So I like looked it up, and there's 18 books in this series. Because <laughs> I was like more distraught. I was like what? You can't just end the story like that. Like, what are they? Yeah. So there's all these books.
0: <laughs> We're locked in. Read one a year until he moves out. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. No, I love books. <laughs> oh,
0: amazing. So good. I mean, my my favorite, you know, has just been um, as far as like a picture book goes, I always go to uh, I love like Oh, the places you'll go. Mm-hmm. I love, I'll love you forever. I, oh. I yeah, just go back to those ones all the time. Um, you are special. Uh, mm. There's ones that, that we just go to um i'll just yeah again if it's dad's choice i know what i'm choosing or oh yeah we read where the wild things are the other day and i was like oh i never saw this like um, i never saw what's going on i never saw like why did this thing win a medal and then i saw it i was like oh this is about like a kid dealing with his feelings like, uh-huh. that's what's going on here. oh yeah this is the wild thing within i never got it oh yeah i was <laughs>
1: kids books are good like and I think yes. like especially those classics, but I also found like newer kids' books really are just getting way higher quality.
0: For sure.
1: Oddly enough, really I, focusing. I actually wrote a kid's book, which I'm yes, I'm pushing around to different publishing people right now.
0: This is fun. Like it's done. It's ready. It's it's yeah, you're I've, just trying to get it out.
1: I, it started as a poem and I don't write poems. It started as a poem and then it very quickly became a kid's book. Brilliant. Yeah. Basically around like a conversation I had with my son about like what it meant to be a man. Mm-hmm. And but I just feel like the quality of kids books has become so good.
0: Yeah. High achieving entrepreneurs and public speakers. This is for you. You know that you've got something important to do here. But why in the world are you doing it? And even if you know why, how do you talk about that? That's why I'm so excited to invite you into my one on one story coaching process. Through this three-month journey, we will go into intensive sessions to uncover your story, turn it into a message that matters, and then create content specific to your context and business today. I have worked with dozens of clients that have experienced major transformation through this experience, and more importantly, have discovered the transformation that they have already gone through in their life. Because when you know how you have transformed, you can communicate that so your audience knows how you can transform them too. Look, 96% of consumers buy based on emotions. And if storytelling is our greatest tool to spark an emotional response, then you better learn to tell your story today. And one-on-one story coaching is the best way to do it. Go to alexstreet.ca to get the conversation started or reach out to me on Instagram at says and say, I'm interested in one-on-one and let's talk. So let's talk about what you do then. You're a parent coach. Yes. Yes. Yep. Um, which means that you, you have calls like this. You're sitting a, a, across a zoom call or something with yep. mom and dad uh, dad, and dad, mom and mom, uh, two parents on the other side, and, and you're helping them, they come to you and say like, ah, we're dealing with this. And you say, well, have you tried this? Is that basically how it goes?
1: Um, so I try not to tell them what to do. A lot of it is insightful questioning and really trying to guide mm-hmm. them towards like what they need. But I really focus a lot on trying to get them to build better work life balance. And then really working on like building a better relationship with themselves first and then Mm. their partners, and that'll trickle down to their kids eventually. But Mm -hmm. getting them to realize without telling them that you're coming to me for parenting, but really what you're coming to me for is you. Mm. Because we got to work on you first. I try to talk about like a pyramid scheme and like you are at the top of the pyramid, your partnership is below that and then your kids below that and it's a trickle down effect. So the stronger you are, the stronger your partnership, the stronger your family. Yeah,
0: brilliant. So when that's, happening as you help people through this and you're talking with them like what for you is the what's the impact here like when you dream of this you're like oh man if i like when when i'm done working with this couple when i'm done working with these these people this family if they can leave saying they feel blank what is that what's that word what what do you want what do you hear what what's really the impact there
1: being more themselves and like being authentically themselves and not feeling like they have to do things or should have done things, but to just like be more comfortable with themselves, Yeah, you know, and allowing their kids to do the same thing. Cause I feel like in so many situations, what you hear is parents saying like, well, I wasn't allowed to do that as a kid, or this is what happened to me. And I'm like, cool. Don't do that to your kid. Yeah. You know? Heal those wounds because you need to, and don't project those wounds and trauma onto your kid because that's not fair. So mm-hmm. a lot of this is you need to deal with it on your own, figure out why these things bother you to then help your kid. You know, at the end of the day, I'm doing this because I want my kids, most all kids really to grow up in a world where they can be themselves without fear of being shamed or ridiculed for just who they are. Yeah.
0: So where does that, so it's so interesting, because yeah, you're like, you're, my work is leading towards authenticity, like helping mm-hmm. people be this authentic version of themselves, which is exactly what you were saying, like, this is what you're doing as a parent for your own kids, is like, I just want my kids to be authentic, yeah. just be themselves mm-hmm. and, and them discover that. Where does that begin for you? Like, where does this word authentic, authenticity begin? In your story, you go way back, right? Is this your childhood? Is this something that you were like, yeah, I didn't feel like I could be authentic, or like I had somebody who really helped me discover that? Like, where does that show up first for you in, in your journey?
1: So, when I am a people pleaser, I feel like at heart. And yes. I've, through all this reading that I've done, it's like people pleasers start as parent pleasers. Yeah. I just, from a very young age, like it's, it is crazy to me to reflect back on my childhood and like, from very early, like six years old, remembering and thinking like, oh, I can't do that because they're going to think this, you know, and like not allowing myself to do certain things because of fear of what people would say. And so, so much of me wants my kids to never have to deal with that. I know that's impossible. They're, you're going to deal with self-doubt, but like, do
0: you remember like a, a, um, a moment even like or I don't know how old that eight ten whatever anything anything you're like yeah I know I remember being in class or I remember being at this birthday party or something like is there is there
1: oh yeah I'm like I remember being six years old and going to a friend's party and he had an easy bake oven in his basement that he played with all the time like loved it and I remember at that party Another kid saying, oh, why do you have that girl toy? Are you gay? At six years old. And in my head, like now that I look back, I'm like, what the hell? Hey, what yeah. was wrong with that kid that he even knew what any of that meant at six right. years old? Yeah. And then why is that so indoctrinated in us that like, it's a bad thing. Like cooking mm-hmm. is a bad thing, you know? And so it's, you had said like playing with dolls. We intentionally yeah. this past Christmas yeah. bought both our boys traditional girl toys because I, yeah. I want them to realize like there is nothing wrong with it. My son painted his nails the other day.
0: Yep. Um, yeah. Blue
1: and was like all about it. And I'm like, that's a me thing. Like, cause my initial thought was, oh my God, he's like, why does that bother me? Like uh-huh. it's not like yeah. it's him <laughs> expressing himself. Why like if I had said something, I could have potentially traumatized him with one sentence for the rest yes. of his life. Like and that's the stuff that I think I think about more now is like hmm. we say so many things, whether it's offhand, whatever it is, that you don't know the impact of it for your kid. And like, yeah, you think about I was talking with my friend the other day about it. Like he didn't come out until he was in his early 20s because he was terrified to tell his parents. And I'm like, right. to me, that's a lack of parenting. You should never be hmm. afraid to tell your parents who you are. And if, Mm -hmm. if they are not comfortable, that's something that the parents have done. Mm -hmm. That's not made it open. Yeah. So like, I want my kids to be able to express themselves. I never want them to feel like I'm going to judge them or hate them for any decision they make. But I think part of that too, is me making an effort to show my kids that I'm a human being and that like (laughs) I make mistakes, you know, I have to learn from those, like I have emotions too, so that it's like a comfort thing so that they're mm-hmm. going to grow up knowing that like, Hey, I'm a human too. I make mistakes. I have worries. I have doubts. Like you do too. You can come to me.
0: Yeah. I found when I, when I apologize mm. to my kids, like it's, it's you I don't know what it's going to do. I know that's, I get you, you think of like, yeah, so many of the decisions that we make are for us first. We're like, ah, I don't know if I want my my, my son to paint his nails. That's, that's a me thing. That's not letting. And so there's as much of a like, Oh yeah. Okay. I'm recognizing what I'm doing here. As much as then I got angry. I got over the top. I, I raised my voice. I didn't need to, I lost it. So I come back and apologize right away. That's again, that's a first for me thing. yep And I don't know how they're going to react, but it's always being a, like a bringing closer mm-hmm. moment, Uh n- and not like abstract. I mean, literally, they 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 move towards. It's like a magnet. I oh, say yeah. I'm sorry, and they're mm-hmm. tractor being drawn towards me, and say th- like I-, I love you, and mm-hmm. and that's what it. There's there's the obvious healing, yeah, that happens in that moment when they see dad. You know. Is that vulnerability is I think it's just authenticity, right? That's, it's just me saying I'm genuinely sorry.
1: Yeah. Well, and it is, I, I don't think I could tell you a time my parents apologized to me. Right. You know, and I make an effort to like, my wife and I told like made a pact that like, we don't want to hide arguments from our kids. We want to show them like what healthy arguing is, Hmm. you know, so that they know that like arguing is not a bad thing. Yeah. You know, but it's also just like, making mistakes, having doubts. Like I read about this thing that I, I want to do as the boys get older and it's to at dinner every day say like, what was a mistake you made today? And mm-hmm. like discussing it and making it this open thing so that you're not worried. Cause I find that most men are terrified to admit mistakes, ask for help. We, yeah. need, we need to change that. That's, that's not a weakness. That should be a strength. Think about how hard that is for you. That means that it's it takes a strong person to do that.
0: Like, oh, that's good. Think of how hard that is to admit a mistake. That means that it takes strength mm -hmm. to do it. So I I love this what you're saying, because so much of this is about like, you know, again, what your parents did. I said, you know, I'm apologizing. You're like, I don't remember my parents apologizing to me. And I go here, I'm like, actually, my dad apologized like incessantly to the point where I was like, stop saying your story. But that was because. What? That's because he's dealing with his own demons, his own battles where he's disappointed in himself and he's just yep. apologizing. There's a whole other story down there. Oh, yeah. But that's this is the thing, right? How we, we get a story passed down from our parents and now you're trying to almost shift change that generational story. As much as it's in your yeah. family line, you, you are like actively working to shift the trajectory yeah in certain ways to actively go towards you know authenticity Mm -hmm. right so so at what point as you look at this you're like okay but you weren't always this way you know six years old you're like ah don't be myself okay got Mm -hmm. it check don't be that because that kid will say this thing about me that continues on through high school university i don't know like up, up until what, what's kind of a turning point for you when you start to realize, whoa, I am not being myself. I'm living for the sake of others. Yeah. Like I, in a bad way, you know, there's, some, there's something that I live for the sake of others to serve them. Oh, but yeah. you, this people-pleasing effort that you recognize, where did that begin to shift or what was kind of a shifting moment for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, so I was always good at numbers. And so when I was thinking about college, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm good at numbers. I'll just do accounting. Um, I hated it Like absolutely mm. hated it But I was also terrified to switch And like actually figure out what I wanted to do So I stayed with it And then I kind of literally fell into teaching
0: Okay wait literally What do you yeah. mean like, like you fell back You tripped on the way up into this class My mom
1: like... worked at a school and they needed a long term sub And so I was like I didn't, I couldn't find a job at the time So I was like sure I'll do it And I would say like almost instantly was like oh damn like I love this this is super cool yeah and so I ended up teaching for a decade middle school what was your
0: favorite subject because you did everything
1: right yeah I did everything I taught fourth and fifth grade middle school history I would say reading like hmm. by far um I just there's so much power in stories and books and yeah but I really think when I started teaching that was kind of my turning point of like realizing that like my entire life, I've always known that like service was a big part of who I was, but it Mm -hmm. wasn't until this where I was actually like, Oh, there's a job that I can have where like at the core of it is service, you know? And that's why, like, I love doing what I'm doing now. Like service is a core value of mine. I just, I don't think that will ever go away. I think it's been there. Mm -hmm. You know, I always worked for service organizations in high school and college. And, but I really think that for me was, I was like, Oh, like, this is what it feels like to actually enjoy what you're doing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's what's so fascinating, though, because you've got this effort of like people pleasing mm-hmm. that as I, I just sort of, you know, made a joke about it there. It's like you're living for the sake of others, but it's more of like for approval. Mm-hmm. It's like to prove something right. I, oh, I'll yeah. be this so that you merely like me, accept me. I meet your expectations
1: well, it's like a it's like a value thing um right you know so i i played volleyball my whole life my mom was a coach i grew up around the sport um and i excelled in it so like from a very young age so i i've realized i have like a very love-hate relationship with volleyball as i've gotten older and i think a lot of it was i i gained so much personal value being told how good i was that it became right. like part of my identity But then because I was constantly told how good I was, I felt pressured to always be good. So I, I became a perfectionist and perfectionists in especially net sports, every point ends in a mistake, essentially, there's just millions of mistakes being made. And so I became so uncomfortable with them that I tried to be perfect all the time, which doesn't work. And so I ended up, you know, I played in college, all that stuff, I can count on one hand the number of times that i just played all out just like went for it right otherwise i was very like contained i didn't want to like do too much because i didn't want to make mistakes like that's hard in sport
0: right oh <laughs> like, well, yeah right it's hard in life and you were probably better when you just went for it oh yeah it's you're just a better player yeah
1: and i mean, yeah that's crazy
0: but this this Difference between, uh, again, people pleasing and what you say is like at the core of who I am, it's service, which is still, again, focused on people and like for the sake of them. But it's far more about what help, like support. Mm -hmm. It's less about do I meet your expectations and more like am I meeting your needs? Like it's how am I showing? Like, I don't know. Define service for me when you say that. I I think that's really important because that's a great Spirit to go forwards with, and those that may not be familiar with it or it is at their core, but they don't know how to define it themselves. What do you see that as? What's the focus?
1: Service for me is just giving my gifts and myself to situations or people that need it, knowing that I'm doing this with getting nothing in return. Hmm. You know, like I went into teaching because I was like, I want to. I want to help kids. I want to build these relationships knowing that like, I'm not getting anything out of this. You know, it's not like I'm expecting these kids to come back and like, give me money and like, do I, like, it's just because I want to do this. Cause it's, it makes me feel good that I'm helping these people. That's what I'm really, what I'm getting hmm. is that sense of like, I'm helping them. I might, you know, with teaching in particular, especially elementary school, I'm most likely not going to see the results of my work. Right. You know, unless they come back and tell me, yeah, I, I don't see it. And so I have to know in my heart that what I'm doing is making an impact. And I've seen it in times. It's definitely not in the moment. But, like, that for me is so rewarding. Like, mm-hmm. having a kid years later come back and say that I made an impact on them, like, right. you know, is huge. And I think at the end of the day, what I'm actually kind of realizing, too, is so much of service is unconditional love. Yeah. You know, just giving yourself not expecting anything in return like Mm -hmm. that is service
0: and the unconditional part of that is it doesn't like not expecting anything from them
1: Mm
0: -hmm. you don't owe me anything you don't need to be you don't need to meet a set of standards and just going you just get you get my love just because of humanity Mm -hmm. and (laughs) that's 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 the only marker
1: and that's parenting
0: yeah you know i
1: i think a lot of parents say that they unconditionally love their kids but you know it's kind of like the idea of like I love my kids and I want my kids to be happy in whatever that looks like for them because what my happy looks like might not be what their happy looks like. Right. You know, and so I have to be okay with knowing that like their happy is what's important. That's the unconditional part. Mm. You know, my idea of success might not be their idea of success and that's okay. Yeah. You know, like it's getting it's like detaching yourself from your kids outcome.
0: Yeah. So if I mean, I'm excited for you know, and when, when you're in the presidential address, they thank Mr. Duval for uh being there. This is how you're gonna see <laughs> eventually. Um, I'm thinking again, like just, just framing your whole story as we kind of land this plane here. There's um you've got this this amazing work that you're doing now. You show up. I love your Instagram. I love how you show up because there is this authenticity to it, there's this uh reality to it of like what parenting small kids is like, Mm -hmm. and uh, what you experience and what you're learning. I think that's one of the best things that you bring to your work as far as I've seen it is it's an attitude of here's what I'm learning Mm -hmm. currently. Maybe this can help you rather than I'm the expert, I'm the guru, and I'm going to teach you all the things because you're doing them wrong. Um, And I think that that speaks to exactly what you've been talking about here, of this level of authenticity that you show up in your home. Is the same way that you show up in the world and I assume was the same way that you showed up uh, in the classroom. And so I just really appreciate that. And I think that's what people are attracted to is, again, that authenticity. But it's also this movement away from where I think you described how you felt was this, like, level of perfectionism. And so or, like, needing to be perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Or, like, expectation around that. And and isn't that where so many parents find ourselves now, is if it's not perfect, if I'm not perfect, then what? Then what are they going to think of me? Because that's what all these things that we deal with as millennial parents and who knows what. But we go through that, and and I see your story is, like, growing up in that and then this perfectionism and kind of finding yourself in the classroom and realizing that, like, oh, we just get to serve we get to be ourselves and invite others to be the same Mm -hmm. that's beautiful and so now here you are doing that as a parent and helping other parents do the same it's this journey from like perfect to authentic
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and and it's an amazing story that you're living and inviting other people into is that does that feel aligned does that feel true to you
1: so i don't know if you've read or seen bernie brown's book atlas of the heart
0: I I have it I'm ready to listen to. I oh my god, it's dove into it it's yet, so
1: good. But she talks about how like perfectionism. People say like, "Oh, I'm a hard worker. I'm a perfectionist." When perfectionists, all that it has to do with is what it looks like. Its appearances. Yeah. So like, all that you're worried about as perfectionist is the appearance. What does it look like? Mm. And I feel like that's where I've kind of made this shift and this big unlearning. It's been like a three year process of just being okay, being me and knowing that at the end of the day, all that my kids need is me. Like, you know, I've, I really genuinely think that when your kids are feeling big emotions, they're reaching out for you, all that they need is your presence. Like they don't need a gift. They don't need like anything special. They literally just need you in that moment, just you. And so I'm like, that for me was super empowering to realize that like, you know what? At the end of the day, all my kids need is me. And like, so all I have to do is be me in whatever way that looks, just be yourself. Like Mm. that's the most powerful thing you can do as a parent. And obviously growing and learning, you know, I tell people all the time that it's, I don't think it's really learning. It's unlearning. It's I'm unlearning so many things that have been programmed through me that I need to like, let go of to help my kids. Yeah, I totally agree with what you were saying. I think I've shifted more from what other people think more towards what I think, you know, and I would say I am probably the happiest with myself that I've ever been in my life, which is an amazing feeling. And I think that trickles down to my relationship and my kids, which I love.
0: I mean, the joy that that just brought me actually hearing you say that right? This is like, really, this is our first time meeting, we've had some conversations and stuff. So uh, I'd call you an acquaintance, (laughs) uh, turning into a friend at best. And and yet, when you say that, it feels like something just like something just shifted in all in all humanity. As you say, as you say, as we hear people say that kind of a comment, I'm happier with myself now than I've ever been. Mm -hmm. Like, is there a greater goal. I don't know. And if I can imagine again, imagine my 15-year-old saying that. Imagine my my twelve year old, like mm-hmm. imagine all high schoolers mm-hmm. being able to say that. Oh yeah. Are you kidding me?
1: Well, it's <laughs> it's, I, it's crazy because like I don't know if you agree with this, but I feel like growing up, I was always told to be humble, like don't be arrogant, don't talk about yourself. And it's like I think there is a line between arrogance and confidence. Yes. You know, and it's, I'm allowed to be, to know that I'm good at things. You know, obviously I'm not going to say I'm the best in the world at this, but I'm also allowed to say like, I'm good at this. Mm -hmm. You know, it makes me happy. I like, I know that that's a strength of mine. So like my older son, before we go to bed, we do a short prayer. And then I ask him like, what's something you love about yourself? Yeah. You know, he, and he should be able to be proud of that. You know, like,
0: yeah. Yeah, we have this series of questions we do. What was your favorite part of your day? What are you thankful for? And what are you proud of yourself for? Mm -hmm. And that's, I just think that one, that one, that's really the one that I, that I want more than any of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, The other ones are just moments. But that one is a, as a reflection of Mm -hmm. you did something that was difficult. Oh, yeah. And says a lot when you can describe that.
1: No, it does and It's also for me, I've realized that like, I really try to promote and bolster these traits in him that I find valuable. So like, he just is really a very inclusive kind person. And so like, I try to tell him that like, you know, being nurturing and being kind is a good thing. Yeah. You know, and it's, that's part of what I'm trying to get to as well is just like ungendering character traits. And just like, if you wanted to make a good person what traits would you have them have? Mm-hmm. You know, one of them is not masculine and feminine. It's just, it's a good trait to have. Like men can be nurturing. We actually need men to be more nurturing. Yep. You know, like we we need that. It's been proven. Yeah. You know, so it's encouraging those traits in kids.
0: It's brilliant. Yeah. I love it. I love, I love what you do. I love the mission you're on, your attitude, your spirit through this. Uh, I, I'm really just thankful for you for this conversation and uh for those that are out there you know specifically parents that are listening that are like yeah no i'm struggling with this 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 idea of being perfect of looking good of being something uh it doesn't feel right for me i would love to be able to show up every day for my family, for myself, for my relationship, and be authentic. Mm-hmm. If they need to, they're like, yes, that's the movement that I need. That's the work that I need. And they need to connect with you. What's the best way to make that happen, to, to start a conversation with you?
1: Instagram is kind of like my hub for everything right now. Mm-hmm. So it's mindful size. So like mindful and then C I Z so like mindful exercise mm-hmm. and that's kind of where my hub is. So I have like Facebook parents group, I have a Facebook men's group, I have my podcast. Yeah, that's kind of where the hub is to reach me.
0: Brilliant, fantastic. It's, What's the podcast?
1: Uh, it's called the Man to Man podcast. Yeah, and this season actually, I'm I have a co-host. It's a really good friend of mine, Jason, and we're talking about fatherhood. So we're having discussions with different fathers about what they're learning. And it's mm-hmm. been amazing.
0: <laughs> so good. Excellent. Again, it's just, it's, this is the good work to put out in the world. So thank you so much. Thanks for sharing yeah. your story here and just talking about parenting again. I just, yeah. It's so fun to, to, to get in the room with somebody that, you know, just like, like, yeah, we just admit this. We love We love this. Mm -hmm. We love being in this role and all the ups and downs that come with it, because it is what is creating our life. It's what's creating the good story here. So exactly. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Yeah, appreciate you.
0: Thanks for listening. This has been No Boring Stories. I am Alex Street, and we are just getting started. I'd love to know what you thought of this conversation, so please feel free to reach out to me on my website, on Instagram, or in the Fearless Speakers Academy and share your thoughts. In the meantime, honor this conversation, go out in your life, and tell a better story today. We'll see you next time.